Welcome to the Samaritan Sister Podcast. I'm Nikki Nixon, host of today's show. This podcast is all about women who are making a massive impact in the lives of others. So for everyone listening, uh, we have Noella Kusars Masunka. Is it, did I get that right? Yes, it's uh, Noella Kusaris Musunka. All right, I got that one right. Um, and you founded a nonprofit organization called Malaika. Um, and so for those that are listening, Noella has been featured in Elle, Vogue, CNN, Marie Claire, and even aside former President Clinton in the 2015 Clinton Global Initiative Conference. So Noella, I know that you uh, started your career in modeling and then went on to fa- uh, found Malika. So can you tell me how that transi- transition sort of went? Yeah, you know, for me, I was born in the Congo. Um, my dad died when I was five years old and my mother didn't have um, resources to keep me. I was the only child. So I grew up mainly in Belgium and Switzerland with a relative. And I went to see back uh, my mother for 13 years. So you see the condition that my mother was living very poorly. I promised myself I will not just help her, but I will do something back uh, for my country and for my continent. So I studied in Europe. Then I started my modeling career in London. And from uh, London, I went to New York. And I always um, I always wanted to, to set up my, my own foundation. So uh, we set up Malaika in New York. All of us internationally, we are all volunteers. We only pay the local staff. We only have one part-time staff in New York. So it means that 91% of the fund we're raising go to Malaika, uh, to Malaika the, all the projects that we're doing. Wow, that's really awesome. It's good to know that uh, all the funds are going back to benefit the cause. Um, so tell me a little bit more about Malaika and the work that you're doing there. So Malaika is all about empowering girls and communities. So we built a school in the Congo in Southern East in a village where there's no water, no electricity. Before even we starting to build the school, we needed to build a well in order to make the bricks and um, be able to do the construction of the school. But where we were uh, building the school, so many people from the village were coming to get water, fetching water at our well. And we were like wondering, my God, when will we close the school? Where these people will go to to get water? So it's one of the reasons we're really developing a village, actually. We building a, we built a school and we started with 104 girls. The girls arrive at five years old and we grow up with them. We grow with them until they're 18 years old, until the sixth secondary school. Okay. And every year we're taking 30 more girls and it's, they all start at five years old. We're offering two meals a day, the breakfast, the lunch. They have sport activities. They have English activities, IT. They have a, a theater. They have a lot of things that stimulate not only the intellectual, but it stimulates the creativity, the art, the, the sport activities, and we putting a lot of emphasis uh, into the teachers' training and uh, staff management. And when the World Cup uh, FIFA happened in 2010, uh, they decided to do 20 community centers uh, in Africa. 
and they were already donors of a school and they they contacted us that they were very proud of seeing the result of the school if you will be interested to work with them on the on the community center for congo so the community center so you have the school 600 meter of the school you have the community center where we teach uh, the community and the youth to read literacy, maths. We teach them in French, in Swahili, IT classes. We do an organic farm where we teach the youth and the community to grow food and the food go to the, the canteen of the school. We teach the mothers at the community uh, to make, um, to do sewing and to make the uniform uh, for our students. Wow. And on the village, we build a, a well every year. So we have right now eight wells that impact more than 16,000 people a year. At our school now, we have 275 students eager to learn, eager to be the next generation of change of agent. They all have big dreams. They want to be a lawyer. They want mm-hmm. to be journalist. They want to be IT engineer. But, you know, we don't force the student. They have to become whoever they want and whichever it is the community, if it's in the countries, in the continent or abroad. And our community center, we invite in 5,000 people a year through the program we, we're doing and we're distributing Malaya Net. We're doing a lot of emphasis with sport and through the sport we do peer programs where we teach uh, about HIV and uh, malaria and uh, uh, family planning so it's really developing a village but you know I'm myself Congolese and half Cypriot half Congolese but African I believe in one Africa I do want to give a positive image of Africa and I don't really we don't raise money with sad stories or sad pictures mm-hmm. we raise money with empowering pictures with pictures that are positive yeah and I think that's what um inspired me so much when I was finding your story is that, you know, it really was positive and it seems that you all are making a huge impact. And that's really what uh, the Samaritan Sister podcast is really all about. It's women like you who are making an incredible impact on, on the world. And so it sounds like that you all are not only doing that with the girls, but also the community that surrounds the school. So I was wondering, can you tell me a little bit about the background of the girls who attend Malaika? Like, what is what is life like for them? You know, we brought three students from... Um, this year is a very important year for us. It's the 10 years of Malaika. It's a millstone. It's, um, it's an achievement that we're very, very proud. And uh, we decided to do a 10 years uh, event in New York. The morning was a conference where we were inviting 80 supporters to come to listen uh, the decade of our uh, achievement, but what we've been able to to do and change and transform at the community at um, in all the projects we're doing. And the head of uh, masters were there, and they were speaking about the curriculum. The head of the finance, the head of the construction. We brought three staff from the Congo, yeah. and we brought three students: Louise. Lorian and Moamini. So, you know, for them, it was amazing. First time taking the plane, first time sleeping in the plane, first time <laughs> watching awesome. TV, first time eating strawberry, food, <laughs> um, different food. But, you know, for me, I love my, when I'm here in Europe, I'm missing my African food. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they were eating a lot of European food, American food. But, you know, they were they come with so much dignity, living a village where there's no water, no electricity, coming to New York City in top of a press, in, top, in front of a donors. 
they 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 had they put themselves together and they were very very bright girls and and smart. Uh, Louise want to be a journalist. Uh, Lorraine want to be an IT engineer. Moamini want to become a lawyer and actually even missing uh, 10 days of school. Uh, Louise uh, Mujinga was one of the best students of uh, our sixth grade. You know, uh, in Congo, you have to pass the national tests mm-hmm. and um, all at six primary passed the tests. So uh, wow. we just received the results 10 days ago. So it's mean our school is one of the best school in the Congo. Wow. Congratulations on 10 years of... Um, incredible success and making an impact there. And so uh, one of the things that you mentioned is before you even started building the school, you had to go in and um, you had to go in and build wells. And I thought that was interesting. I was actually listening to um, the founder of Charity Water a few weeks back, and I didn't realize before then that water cures so many diseases or prevents so many diseases. Um, and a lot of diseases in the world can be traced back to to clean water and how, how much of a challenge that is. Um, so I think you all are not only impacting the girls, but also the health of the community as well by giving them access to clean water. Yeah, exactly. So it's so important. Um, it's so important that you, 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 you invest not only, you know, we wanted first to build just a school, but it's impossible to just build a school. It has to go hand in hand with health, and um, and that's that's key, you know, to have water, to distribute malaria net, to to do a lot of prevention with family planning, and mm-hmm. and to talk about tuberculosis and HIV, and we explain that a lot through sport program at our community center. You teach the girls to, 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 and the community to wash their hands. It's simple things, but that change a lot. Yeah, washing your hands definitely makes a difference. So you raise a great point that, you know, it is simple habits that, you know, maybe they didn't think of before and you all are teaching them to do those things to extend the the length of their life as well. So one thing I was curious about, um, I know electricity can be a challenge sometimes in Congo and sometimes um, the girls still need to learn, they still need to pass their tests and things like that. So how do you make sure that the girls can still learn even if electricity is limited? Yeah, so the thing is, you know, um, the, the, the school in Congo, most of them are only in the morning. Mm-hmm. Our school is until 3, 4 o'clock. And we do a lot of activities in summer, a lot of activities during the, the holidays. And we do health checkup on them. So they, they have a time where they study after we finish school. They have a time where they do their homework. And because the school is longer, they study there. But it's not possible for them. First of all, they live in a very poor condition where they live, uh, most of the family, only in one room, mm. two small rooms. So uh, it's not possible for them to study at um, at, sc- at their home. Very few of them study at home, but most of the things, most of them, their homework and everything they're doing at school. Awesome. And I know um, one of the things I saw in my research is you focus on also uh, creating leadership skills in the girls that you serve. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you all go about doing that? But I see, you know, first of all, they they have to man, 
first of all, everything that we're doing is about leadership. The the, 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 the local staff that we have there, the the, the 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 programs that we have, the school, the community center, and everything we have there, it's all looking after by the community and the youth. They are the one protecting all our projects. So our girls, they have a lot of, uh, they have different subjects they study at school, but they learn, they know that they be the leaders of their own family, of their own community, their own con- continent, and they have different subjects that they prefer. We have an organigram who's, uh, the, the, there's a committee of students and there's a committee of parents too, and both of them are very involved and they, they, they lie together. The school is completely maintained by the, the parents at the, at the school. They, they come to help for the breakfast, for the lunch, for tidying up. So, you know, first of all, in our culture in Africa, the, par- the young children help always at home. And is one of the reasons girls don't go as much at school as boys, because mm. if the family can send someone at school, they will send a boy because the girls help at home. So a girl, in a way, in Africa is always more mature than a boy. She has a lot more responsibility from an early age. Exactly. Got it. Uh, So 10-year anniversary, imagine the next 10 years, um, money was no object. Like, what would you like to see happen at Malaika? Like, what would you like to see happen in the next 10 years? So we want to see one of the girls graduated. First of all, they'll be graduated from Malaika in uh, six years, and then hopefully from university or whatever they want to become. And it's just good uh, we will be finished to build the school because we're still building step by step the school. So that will be a massive uh, milestone, you know, when we'll see one of the students to be graduated. Yeah, that's that would be huge, especially because you're starting a new class um, every year and starting them at five years old. So it'll and you, be- we know them since they are five years old, you know, so we're growing with them. Yeah, that's that's mother of two children, and my children go every year with me in Congo. They come generally once or twice, and for them, the second home is Congo. They love the village. They they're part of the the culture. And my son always look after his own friends. He buy them buckets to wash themselves. He buy them food. He buy them mattress. So um, my children are very uh, aware of uh, the chance they have. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's cool to teach them at a young age as well um, about giving back. I don't teach them. I let them discover by themselves. Oh, so they come every day with me at the school in the community center and they naturally see that they're lucky. And my son, my son himself said, Mommy, I want to pick up my friend. And he has no mistress. Uh, he has nothing in his house. Can we buy this? So it comes from him, not from me. Mm, that's good. That's even better. Uh, so what is the impact of the work that you're doing on the girls and the surrounding community? Like I know you mentioned clean water and um, building a village and that sort of thing, but can you talk a little bit more about the impact of the work on Malaika? But uh, the impact, uh, it's, it's huge because, you know, they have a community center, is a refuge. Uh, they come to play football, they come to learn. 
the youth, the parents, uh, they, they receiving Malaya net. Uh, we distributed more than 10,000 football balls with one wall. This ball that lasts 30 years. Uh, we're going to distribute uh, with very impact on, on everything that we're doing uh, for the community. So it was really just was completely forgotten. So the fact that they, they, they having us, it's, uh, it's, they, they, they having us, it's something that's, um, if you look on, um, the, the, you listen this testimony. It was a forgotten village, you know. Since they have us, a little part of the road was done, and all the impact. They seeing that we don't just care about the school, but we care as a world community. Mm. Yeah, I I would imagine that that in itself makes a difference when they know that somebody cares and that somebody's paying attention to to them and their needs and improving their quality of life. I think that's. That's a huge impact. So um, how can people who are listening help support your mission, um, whether they're in the U.S. or whether they may be abroad? They can sponsor a girl a month, a year. They can sponsor school pro- school supplies. They can uh, sponsor a teacher a month. They can run a marathon. They can sell a cupcake. They can, uh, they can decide to go and teach at the school. They can volunteer with us. So there's a lot of ways. They can just bring awareness of, of the work we're doing through the social media. They can donate their birthday or their Christmas. So there's a lot of different ways. Me, you know, I don't take any salary of the foundation. Every year I donate my birthday to the foundation. And we have a lot of young people donating their birthday and they're asking all their friends to give 5 or $10. So it's just fantastic. Yeah, I love the concept of uh, donating birthdays. So... I think that's a that's a great and easy way to to be supportive. When is your birthday? My birthday is June twenty fourth, so I just had my birthday. Next year we will do your birthday. <laughs> we'll do my birthday next year. Yep, we will. And in the meantime, um, hoping to really really raise raise awareness for the wonderful work that you all are doing there. So thank you so much, Noella, for being on the call with me and sharing the story of Malika. And um, congratulations again to. 10 years of incredible work and wish you all the best for 10 more wonderful years. Thank you so much for taking the time and thank you so much to have well researched Malaika because uh, the question you were asking me were very relevant and you know it's uh, we, we do believe firmly in, in Africa and firmly in Congo and the next generation will be uh, the change of the continent and it's through education. You need to invest in education but you need to invest in very high quality education to elevate and to really start to create a middle class and and inject in the economy of the growth of the country. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Noella. Thank you so much. If you'd like to learn more about Malika, you can visit M-A-L-A-I-K-A dot org. That's Malika dot org. And be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes so others can discover these incredible stories as well. See you next time. Thank you.